like a lot of Americans, I've been thinking about tigers lately, uh, thanks to the Netflix show Tiger King. And um, there's a moment in that show where one of the characters talks about how people love to have their pictures taken with tigers. They go to these facilities, whether you call them rescues or zoos or whatever, and they always want to be, you know, uh, have a selfie with the tiger. And uh, as if they're saying, look at me, look at me, you know, with this with this animal, rather than look at the animal, <laughs> look at me with the animal. And uh, I thought that was a, you know, an insightful comment in some ways. And I maybe want to think about what do Roman poets have to say about tigers? And do they have this same kind of um, attachment to the charisma of of tigers and use it for their own kind of purposes. Uh, the the answer to that question is actually no. That the Romans have a very different, uh, the Roman poets anyway have a very different um, sort of conception or or image in their heads when they think of tigers. Uh, and the best way to start with that is to look at what the elder Pliny says in his natural history about uh, tigers. He says as follows. Now, of course, Pliny's usually wildly inaccurate, but in this case, he's he, he's got something. He says, Hyrcania and India produce the tiger. That's the first thing. So that's correct. Hyrcania, that refers to um, an area, a wide area south of the Caspian Sea that um, until recently was home to the Caspian tiger uh, in Turkey and, uh, and the Caucasus. And they tended to live in sparse forests in sort of river riverine corridors. Uh, until the 1970s, this population was considered extinct or is considered extinct since um, uh, 2003. All right, so uh, he says, Hyrcania in India, and of course, India, that refers to the Bengal tiger. Um, there are still some tigers in the wild in India, uh, perhaps around 2,500 or 3,000 individuals. All right, uh, he says, uh, the tiger, Pliny says, is an animal of terrific speed, which is most noticeable when the whole of its litter, which is always numerous, is being captured. The litter is taken by a man lying in wait with the swiftest horse obtainable and is transferred successively to fresh horses. But when the mother tiger finds the lair empty, for the males do not look after their young, she rushes off at headlong speed, tracking them by scent. The captor, when her roar approaches, throws away one of the cubs. She snatches it up in her mouth and returns and resumes the pursuit at an even faster pace, owing to her burden, and so on in succession, until the hunter has regained the ship and her ferocity rages vainly on the shore." Okay, that's the end of the quote from Pliny. So uh, the picture here is of the hunter on a very fast, fastest horse he can get, uh, robbing the lair of the cubs and hightailing it as fast as he can to get back to his ship. And then um, the image we're left with is of the raging mother tiger on the shore as the uh, hunter sails away with her cubs. Right, so the poets interestingly picks, pick up this image of the tiger as the um, aggrieved mother. There's a passage in Valerius Flaccus uh, who wrote the Argonautica, and he's giving a catalog of some warriors that came to fight the Argonauts, and he has a passage about these people called the Exomati. And these are seen as living in the far north. They're like a Sarmatian people from uh, somewhere like in the Ukraine or something. And uh, he says a little brief vignette. He says, Exomatas venatus alit, nec clarior ulis arctos equis, abeunt hypenin fragilemque per undam, 
tigridis aut saevae profugi cum prolila ainae, maestaque suspectae mater stupet agre ripae. All right, so that means the, the exomatae live by the chase, venatus alit. Uh, nor is the north more famous for any steeds. They have very fast um, uh, horses, nec clarior ulis arctos equis. Over the Hibonus and its fragile waves, they speed. That's a, a river in Sarmatia, supposedly the, the Bug River in Ukraine. So, abeunt hypenin fragilemque per undam. Uh, carrying off in their flight the cub of a tiger or fierce lioness. Tigridis aut saewae profugi cum prole laenae. While the mother stands dazed with grief on the rampart of the treacherous bank. Maestaeque suspectae mater stupet agre ripae. Right, so it's almost a versified version of what Pliny says. A little earlier, uh, Ovid in Book 13 of the Metamorphoses tells the story of Hecuba. Uh, and Hecuba, of course, the queen of Troy, wife of Priam, uh, after the Trojan War, ends up in Thrace, where she shows up um, to reclaim her son, uh, Polyderus. Now, Polyderus had been entrusted to the king of Thrace, Polymestor, along with a substantial treasure by Priam, uh, against this, just this sort of contingency, right? In case, in case it doesn't work out, in case Troy falls, we'll have Polymestor to uh, sort of carry on the Trojan line. And so Hecuba goes to, um, to reunite with her son, but of course, Polymestor, the wicked Thracian tyrant, has murdered Polymestor and taken the treasure. Uh, Ovid uh, describes the scene where Hecuba realizes what has happened and describes her anger as like a tigress who has been uh, deprived of her cubs. Furit catulo lactente orbate la aina. And uh, what she does is she then um, is able to master her anger and lure in the polymaster, the Thracian king, with promise of more treasure, at which point she unleashes the Trojan women on him. They kill him and she gouges out his eyes um, with her fingers. Yeah, great. So here's this terrific passage uh, about Hecuba uh, and uh, when she's compared to a tigress, and it's from Ovid, Metamorphoses, Book 13, lines 545 and following. So what I'll do first is read a translation, and then I'll finish up with the Latin. Hope you enjoy. As soon as her rage blazed out, as if she still were queen, she resolved on vengeance and was wholly absorbed in the punishment her imagination pictured. And as a lioness rages when her suckling cub has been stolen from her and follows the tracks of her enemy, though she does not see him, so Hecuba, wrath mingling with her grief, regardless of her years, but not her deadly purpose, went straight to Polymester, who wrought the heartless murder, and sought an audience with him, pretending that she wished to show him a store of gold, which she had hoarded for her son, and now would give him. The Thracian was deceived, and, led by his habitual lust for gain, he came to the hiding place. Then, craftily, with smooth speech, he said, 
Come, Hecuba, make haste. Give me the treasure for your son. I swear by the gods of heaven all shall be his. What you give now and what you have given before. She grimly eyed him as he spoke and swore his lying oath. Then did her rising wrath boil over, and calling the captive women to the attack, she seized upon him, dug her fingers into his lying eyes, and gouged his eyeballs from their sockets. So mighty did wrath make her. Then she plunged in her hands, and, stained with his guilty blood, she plucked out not his eyes, for they were gone, but the places of his eyes. Okay, so Ovid, of course, mentions a lioness here, but uh, the imagery is very similar uh, to the Valerius Flaccus passage where he treats lions and tigers as sort of interchangeable, and this is actually pretty typical. Uh, so for the sake of argument, we'll think of her as a tiger mother. All right, here you go. Qua sibul ex arsit, tamquam regina maneret, ulkiski statuit, poinae quinimagne totest, utque furit catulo, lactentor batele aina, signaque nacta pedum sequitur, quem non videt hostem. Sic hecabe, postquam cum luctu miscuit iram, non oblit animora nor oblita suorum, Wadit ad artificem dirae polymestura caedis, conloquium que petit. Nam se monstrare relictum velle latens illi, quod nato redret aurum. Credit, o Drusius, praedae quad suetus amore in secreta venit. Tum blando calidus ore, Tolle moras hecabe dixit, da munera nato. Omne forilius quod das, quod et ante didisti, per superos juro. Spectat, truculenta loquentem, falsa que jurantem tumida quexaistuat ira, at quita correpto capti va ragmina matrum invocat et digitos in perfida lumina condit, expelitque gedis oculos, facet ira potentem. Immergitque manus foidata que sanguine sonti, non lumen, nequenim superest, loca luminis haurit. Thank you.